Welcome everyone to GoFeffy Break on Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined on this Friday, January 8th by Carrie Smith. In in t- Pirate Tomsky's hat. And Tiger. And Tiger. Hello, Carter. I, I'm sorry yes. to leave you out, Tiger. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Pirate Tomsky for this hat. I'm going to call it my Scottish hat. I think it's Scottish, right? I thought it was just hat. British. You think it's Scottish? Oh, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Well, anyway, thank you, Pirate Tomsky. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's an awesome hat. Welcome. Oh, wait, wait. To... You're wearing wait, your no, hat. No, wait, wait. I, I'm going to let, I'm going to run away while you're talking. I'm going to get my hat so we can match today. Hold on. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, welcome to the Brave New World. And uh, if it's your first time here, you're watching the Kafefi Break on Unsafe Space. This is a live show that we do on Mondays and Fridays. We also do other shows throughout the week. Sometimes we do interviews. Um, we just got to do an interview with Gary from Neurotic this week. If you haven't seen that one yet, it's awesome. And it was a lot about, well, we talked about Gary's story and how he he founded Neurotic, but we also talked about wokeness in pop culture. Um, that's an excellent hat you're wearing, Carter. Isn't it? It's yeah. unisex. Yeah. It's woke hat because it's genderless. Mm. Okay, <laughs> let's get into it. Um, oh, okay. Well, wait a minute. Let's yeah. remind people we have book club coming up. Um, okay. When? <laughs> uh, January 24th, Cynical Theories by uh, Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay, who will be, am I correct? They'll be involved in book club in some way. And uh, and then February 20th is Thought Criminal by Michael Rechtenwald, which I think is on the website somewhere. Um, so if you want to start on that, you can. Michael will be joining us this month also to talk about – he wants to be there before book club. So I'll talk about it beforehand. Um, what else? Don't forget to like, share, well, and subscribe. Did you tell people that while I was gone? This is what I was going to say when I said let's get into it. Oh, okay. So let's get into it. Here are the important things you need to know. Okay. There is a purge underway. This is happening on Facebook, on Twitter, on all the major platforms. Uh, Walk Away just got taken out on Facebook. Um, People on Twitter are noticing that their followers are being purged by the hundreds and sometimes thousands, depending on how large their following is. So what that says to me is probably not that probably not that Twitter is going in and deleting followers from them. It's just that they're deleting people who happen to follow them. And so people are being disappeared. Um, If you want to follow us and stay in touch with us uh, in the event that we disappear from the major platforms, we've just created a locals. You can find us at locals at unsafe space. It doesn't matter that we know yet what we're doing with it. Just if you're already on locals, go at us. um, And we will, we're going to be doing, I have a feeling that that, that site is going to be one where we start doing a lot of, a lot of content. Um, we are also on MeWe and Parlor under Unsafe Space, and our book club group is also on MeWe. If you want to find us there, we also put these podcasts up on BitChute. You can listen to them anywhere you listen to podcasts. In the event we go missing, while you're here, it, while we're still on YouTube, uh, Carter's just enabled YouTube memberships, which I don't understand what that is yet, but you can become one. And we have another channel called Unsafe Space Clips, which is just for short clips if you want to share those, and you can go and uh, find us there. I just wanted to t- take a little more time than we usually do with all of those links and places to find us because of the state that we find ourselves in now and because of 
where it's going to be heading in the next year, probably. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of these as we've already seen them happening over the past four years. But um, I think they're going to pick up in intensity the number of, of people who suddenly go missing from your favorite platform. So um, that's where you can find us. Absolutely. And I'm just going to add one thing. The most important thing to do if you don't want to lose us where we, you know, when we get banned from wherever, by far, the most important thing to do is to go to unsafespace.com and put your email address in when it asks you. Because mm. we don't use that for any, we've, we don't send out newsletters, we don't do anything with it. We've only ever used it, I think, once when we were banned temporarily from YouTube to let people know where to go to find us. It is how we will contact you. And right now, I think we have orders of magnitude more people that are subscribed on YouTube than emails. And uh, I, I get it. I don't like typing in my email either. This is we're not. This is not spam incorporated. <laughs> we're just gonna let you know when when we get banned, where to find us. So yeah, yeah. If you want to uh, stay in touch, <laughs> that's a good way to do it. Yes. Um, yeah. So lots of things happening. Yeah. Well, call, the BBC called me today. Oh. This morning. As wanted- as your as the the representative from like the same show that called that had you on before talking about Trump, yes, okay, talking about the election. Um, it was so random. I just got a call on my cell phone from the producer there, and I guess they're doing some article. Who knows if they'll use what I had to say or not? But um, I like that guy. I like the guy that I've talked to over the the producer there that I've talked to over the course of um, the pre pre election coverage. But um, I don't think I said anything that they will find useful because it doesn't fall into the right left paradigm or the I hate Trump or Trump is my hero paradigm. Like they, they right. it doesn't fall into that sort of binary. Um, but uh, yeah, that was interesting that people want to know, like what's what, your take on his question was yeah. first question was uh, I want to see if you have any comment on the news we just heard in the last hour. And I was like, Oh, Bitcoin crossed 41 K. And and he was like, no, he was laughing. No, that, uh, that Trump said he's not going to go to the inauguration. And I was like, oh, I had not even heard Who that. Cares? I don't care. I don't care. That was my answer. I was like, you're yeah. not going to get a good a good quote from me. I don't care. Um, it's like junior like, high school. Yeah. Trump doesn't like Sally anymore, but Sally likes Bobby, and Bobby doesn't know that Sally doesn't like George. Like, who cares? Trump's not going to a party. Who cares? Yeah. I was like, well, I mean, I guess if you want to pull something out of me, I don't I mean, I'm I'm sure they're obviously I know what the left is saying, what the establishment <laughs> saying right. is that it's uncouth or something, but I don't really care. Why would you go to the the party of the person who you believe and he believes the election was stolen? Um you, we can have a peaceful transfer of power without him needing to be there and be a participant in the theater, you know? I I mean, it doesn't bother me either way if he went or didn't go. So uh, it's so funny. There are these like manufactured outrage stories of like, you know, everyone's reaction on whether he's going to be there or not. <laughs> you know, I don't, who cares? Also, Kanye West is getting a divorce. What's your thoughts on someone else's marriage, Carrie? Is he getting a divorce? I heard, actually. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Interesting. 
Yeah. Uh, actually, I have more. I actually have more thoughts about that than I do about whether Trump is going to. Well, we can talk about that if you want. I don't know anything about it other than the headline that I just recited. But um, by the way, really quickly, I know we usually do super chats, but someone did ask a question that I do want to uh, say. Can I still get one of them mugs? I really want one, says LP. Um, yes, they are for people who subscribe at the $25 and up level. So, um, well, that's the subscribe star number. I don't remember what the number is <laughs> on YouTube. It's higher because YouTube takes a, a cut. But yes, you can. Um, you just have to be, I think it's apostate level and, and above. Uh, and then you get one shipped to you with lots that's of love. On, uh, that's on YouTube membership? Uh, apostate is on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Not no, no, all the I'm members asking, are, on, not all I'm the asking, levels are on YouTube, but. I'm, I'm asking you what, how does one do that? What is that? Is that YouTube membership? Is that that thing you enabled? Oh, well, no. I mean, the apostate level is on Subscribestar, so you can go there. You can do it through PayPal if you if you just subscribe for $25 or more. Same The same prices as Subscribestar. But on YouTube, the prices are elevated. I don't remember exactly what it is for apostate I'm, on YouTube. Okay, so. never mind. You're not understanding me. No. I'm asking, no matter what the levels are, where does one do that? Is that the thing that is called YouTube membership? Where does one do what? One can go to Subscribestar and have nothing to do with YouTube membership. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Someone, you just said they can do it on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube membership. You go to the community. There's like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's the YouTube membership thing that we enabled. Yes, yes. Okay. YouTube membership is basically, you can go watch the intro video I did, which people, um, I I think, (laughs) think is a little bit too depressing. I don't know, whatever. I was just being in a mood that day but whatever um it's just it's just like you it's just subscribe and pay money just like subscribe star or patreon or anything but it's youtube's version of it so that's all it is okay okay i got it now okay thank you uh, i didn't know what it was no 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 that's um, fine I'm, we were talking over each other that uh so kanye west uh, carrie you have thoughts <laughs> yeah I, well my thoughts on that were when he became a believer um you can't necessarily expect you can't expect you can hope for, but you can't expect your spouse to follow in your beliefs. And that's got to be very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if, if one person suddenly because it's like it, it is an entirely new belief system. So I was wondering if that would cause friction in that marriage or not. But um, I've never really, understood. I, and I know a lot of people think I'm crazy for this, although it's actually related to something I want to talk about later. Uh A lot. I never understood the idea that you can be in a long-term, committed, marital relationship with someone whose fundamental ideology is different from yours. And I know a lot of people applaud that, and they're like, oh, it's okay. This person's a Muslim, and I'm a Christian, or this person's an atheist, and that person – or this person is radical left, and that person's radical right. Like, I don't, I don't understand how you can be in a relationship like that. I, for me, shared fundamental values are – a necessary condition for building a life with someone but um so so i so i kind of agree it's not surprising when someone changes their fundamental values like things fall apart i think you can have shared fundamental values and be of different religions actually i do um but they have you have those shared fundamental values have to be very strong and very and they have to be common like an overlap between two religions um, I don't think that you can have a, a philosophy of 
one of you is a collectivist and one of you is an individualist, or I don't think one of you could be someone who believes in God and if, and the other one doesn't, if it's such a, if you believing in God is such a fundamental part of how you live and for the other person, it's just, it doesn't make sense to them, you know? Yeah, um, I guess, I guess a good, yeah. so I, I don't know, I don't want to speak for Christians. I guess if you have a belief in a deity, there are a lot of people who will accept and feel aligned with other people who have a belief in a deity, even if it's not the same deity, uh, and they'll kind of have that shared spirituality in some way. But imagine being a Christian married to a Satanist. Like, I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> like, or an avid atheist and an evangelical Christian. Like, those those don't work. Um, yeah. So. Well. Or, or someone so, from Hollywood with, you know, uh, just uh, a materialist with no fundamental beliefs and a new Christian, for example, just theoretically. Yeah. So what's going on today? Um, as we mentioned, there's a purge underway. Um, I know we already did an impromptu video about what happened in DC, but I think we could stand to talk about that a little more. Yes. I've had time to watch some of the videos since we did that, that impromptu talk. I've watched some of the videos of, of what happened in the Capitol and mm -hmm. it's given me a bit more clarity on my opinion on it, my stance on it. I still think it was wrong for them to breach the Capitol. Um, just like I thought it was wrong for them to breach the, uh, what was it, the Hart Building during the Kavanaugh hearings and, and to pound on the doors of the Supreme Court during the Kavanaugh confirmation. I still think that was wrong. But I don't think that, you know, I saw the video footage. This was not terrorism. These were people who wanted to be heard, uh, many of them clownish, you know, like the guy with the, in the horns, um, with the, the fur and the, the war paint, many of them very uh, buffoonish in a way. Um, and they were, what did they do? They knocked over some paperwork. They knocked over some bookshelves. They, um, stole Nancy Pelosi's gavel, um, these aren't people, they're not setting the building on fire and looting and uh, harming people. And they're not uh, uh, killing people like we saw in the BLM and Antifa riots through the summer. So I keep seeing the mainstream media, you know, obviously the, the entire cathedral, the media and the the um, social media companies and even Ben and Jerry's, even Ben and Jerry's is lecturing <laughs> us on, on what happened. And what they're saying about it, the words that they're using are disproportionate and they do not match reality. And they certainly don't match the fake reality they've sold us all summer because they were telling us that burning down buildings, small businesses, the places where people work, the businesses they own, the homes they live in, they were telling us that that was peaceful protesting that when David Dorn was murdered and when, you know, over 30 people died in those riots, uh, the BLM and Antifa riots, that, that, that was just peaceful protesting. Um, and then this somehow is, is different. Why? Because it, they breached their sacred, holy cathedral. They took it to, you know, the people took it to the government steps. It's almost like, um, I'm agreeing with the people who are pointing out that that they're basically telling us it's OK if you burn down your neighborhoods and and businesses and, and disproportionately those of people of color in a lot of cases. It's OK for you to do that. We're fine with that. But don't you dare bring it 
to our our holy chamber. Don't you dare come here and make your try to make your voice heard. And so I think the double standard is palpable. I think that the people who are um, feeling outraged about the hypocrisy from the media, um, I'm totally in. I, I, I am in total agreement with that. I think it's outrageous. Um, we couldn't. We wouldn't expect anything less from them at this point. But um, but. I don't know. It's important to point out because people on the left, a lot of people on the left, not all of them, but a lot of people, they don't seem to understand what this is about. They don't understand that this is about this is about being force fed a narrative that's not true, a false narrative and being lied to by our own press for four years. And did you say not 40 trusting, years? I thought well, that's what yeah, I heard. It's more, no, I said four, but it's more than four. We know that. They lied to us to get us in the Iraq war too. I mean, under Bush, they did the same thing. But but uh, it's reached a point where people no longer trust the institutions. They don't trust the election process. Um, they don't trust that they're going to have fair elections in the future. And, and uh, like you were saying to Daniel in your discussion with Daniel Wagner, who was there, it's almost as if, you know, these are people who love their country, but hate their government. They don't trust their government. And um, I think a lot of people on the left are missing this entirely because they can only see it through their right left glasses. They can only see it through, through their Trump glasses. And I, they, I, they don't even- I don't think it's I don't think the difference is, is that they've attacked the sanctuary of Capitol buildings, um, because if this was BLM Antifa breaking into the Capitol building, the narrative would be the opposite of what it is now. It would be the same peaceful protest narrative. They have a right to be heard, blah, 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 blah. There is absolutely a religious-like worship of the state, and I do agree with you that the elites <laughs> certainly view themselves as a special class and and you can burn down your own neighborhoods, but don't bring it here. That's true, but I do think when you see how the mainstream react to it, <clears throat> the reaction is not really about the target. It's about who the actors are um, and what they're protesting for. I mean, I'm just waiting for Carrie. When is the, when will we have a letter from doctors uh, that says that uh, (laughs) protesting against um, irregularities in in an election is a health crisis and they should be allowed to, to protest and congregate. And it's more important than COVID. I'm sure that's any day now, right? You're not going to see that like you did with BLM and Antifa. And that's the big double standard. You know, one thing that the, uh, the the cathedral is saying right now and all of the people who imbibe their bullshit, one thing they're saying is that, um, you know, this would be treated differently if they were BLM and Antifa. Um, actually, they're not saying that. They're saying this would be treated differently if they were black people because they're they're saying that because they're trying to pretend like all Trump supporter, supporters are white. They're lying. Um, so, but well, they've they really implied mean, that it would be worse if it were. Yeah. Blind. But what they really, yeah. What they really mean is that, um, this would be treated differently if it was the people who, who uphold our, our ideology. That's what they mean. It um, would have been. And, and, and it would have been, that's, they're right about that. It would have been treated differently, but not in the way they're saying there wouldn't be, uh, I saw a, a, a legacy media outlet this morning who said there would have been hundreds dead. No, there wouldn't have been. There wouldn't have been hundreds dead. They would have rolled out the red carpet. 
it would have been treated, you know, these voices need to be heard. They would have taken Martin Luther King out of context again. They would have said the the riot is the voice of the unheard and tried to use that to justify it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it would not have been treated the same. No, um, it wouldn't have. And I, to me, that's one of the more stark examples of the two narrative, the two movie, uh, the, the two movie uh uh, way of looking at this, that how there's two movies playing and people are just seeing completely different things. Yeah. The, the idea that there are people who genuinely believe that if this were, uh, let's say, BLM protests, um, that they would have been met with more force and more violence. Uh, and and they really believe that's true when, when in fact, if you're if you were paying attention if at all and awake attention. during the summer and and watched what BLM was allowed to get away with and how um, cities around the country were were irrationally reticent to take any sort of action, action. to repress or stop or slow down uh, the the violence and the riots uh, when it was when it was Marxists doing it. I mean, it's a it it the movie doesn't even make any sense to you at that point. You look at that and you think, how can that person be so stupid? And it's not that they're stupid necessarily, it's just that they're they are watching a movie that is completely different. Um they're not watching yeah. they're not watching primary source material. They're not going on YouTube looking for people's cell phone footage of things that are going on. They're not reading both sides, they're not seeing here's what the conservative news outlets are saying, here's what the leftist news outlets are saying, here's some here's some primary source material video. What they're doing is turning on CNN or uh, reading the New York Times and oh. parroting whatever yeah, it is that they hear there. They're just in, they're just just imbibing the propaganda. Yeah. They're just imbibing it and spitting it out, and it doesn't make sense. But they're not based in, they're not grounded in reality. So I, I don't know. We're living, we're living through, we're living through. Here's what I think comes next. <laughs> They've already been ramping up censorship for the past four years under Trump. Um, they've been purging people from the public square effectively, um, big social legacy media working in collusion with the political elite. And they've been purging anyone who's not on board with their ideology and with this, this communist, um, totalitarianism that they, they want for us. They've been purging these people, but that's going to get worse. There, you're going to see more people purged from the public square. And I think, Unfortunately, the way that the media is trying to paint the breach of the Capitol as some kind of uh, domestic terrorist event, which I don't I don't consider it that. But I think that, unfortunately, we might see something that is that would that would be defined as domestic domestic terrorism. I think that there's going to be an escalation of some kind of from the right. Well, and. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't finish your. Well, thought. no, I just, I just, I just think back to that article we've talked about before, um, "Days of Rage," which is, which is an article about a, a book by of the same name, and this is, this was an article that was written before the inauguration in 2016, and everything that he predicted has been unfolding. It's been unfolding for the past four years, and and he he predicted that at some point, once the left has normalized violence in the media. Um, in the public 
consciousness and, you know, you, I'm sure we all have friends who, who were justifying what was happening this summer with BLM and Antifa. Once that they've done that and they've, they've said, okay, culturally it's okay. We're fine with rioting and violence and that at some point the right is going to stop being gracious and you're going to see tit for tat start to develop. And as much as they want to paint that, what happened in the Capitol as that, as some kind of violent uprising, um, they haven't seen a violent uprising yet. And um, I don't know. I think it's one of the possible places we are heading. I think it will be a litmus test for whether the soul of America is still alive. Um, Because... At some point, and I'm not calling for violence, I'm just saying at some point, I mean, people say, well, violence is never the answer. And, and I get that. And it's easy, to, and it's easy to, to say that you're worried about falling into the Antifa and, and uh, radical left ideology where violence is the first thing that you go to. Well, you don't like something, you just go be violent. But Look, if you if you end up in a society like there has to be, I, I guess I'll ask this: <laughs> given the fact that authoritarian regimes do in fact evolve and have in history out of democratically elected governments, given the fact that those regimes become uh, unstoppably oppressive, and democide is the which is the murder of their own people by a government. Democide is the one of the I probably the biggest cause of death in the 20th century uh, by far uh given those facts where when do you what do you do do you never institute you never react you only ever rely on argument is that all you ever do or is does there come to a point where you need to do something more than that and I'm not – I don't know what – I think the – if you asked American revolutionaries, if you asked the founding fathers, if you asked people 250 years ago, I think the answer for them would be very clear, which is, oh, yeah, you, you push back. You push back violently. I mean that's what you do. That's how the country was founded. Is that still yeah. the answer for many Americans? I don't know. Do I want it to be necessary? No. I want to. I want to win by argument. I want to win by convincing people. But I. I don't know where's the line. And for people that that are always like only condemn any whiff that there should ever be a pushback, I will ask you where's your line. When do you push back? And if your answer is never, then my next question to you is, then what's your line of defense against? an authoritarian regime how do you stop it how do you what's your plan to stop an authoritarian regime because i don't have one if if it's if that's never on the table and everything and all the words fail what's the alternative do you know carrie do you have do you have an well i think i think some of those people just don't they won't they don't have a, they won't do anything it's like the people who, and I've seen people say this on some people um, say that even if a burglar broke into their home and had a weapon and was threatening their life, they would not shoot them. Right. Well, that's how good dies, 
right? I mean, <laughs> pacifism ultimately, pacifism is ultimately an enabler of the worst evil ever, like pure pacifism, because pacifism enables the, the brute to win, because pacifists just sit there. They don't do anything. Self-defense is, is, is not only justified, it is the morally correct, righteous path. If you care about life, you should care about your own life, and you should defend it. Sitting there while a murderer murders you because you're a pacifist is enablement of murderers, and now he will go on to murder other people, and that blood's on your pacifist hands. So pacifism is this I, – I, pa- pure pacifism is, uh, I, I think, an abhorrent – abhorrent ideology that masquerades as peace, love, and kumbaya. And in fact, it enables Attila the Hun to take over the world. That's what it does. Um, and even Gandhi wasn't a pure pacifist. Um, and a lot of people, a, a lot of people just think that, uh, that, you know, we'll just show by example. Well, someone who's willing to murder you hasn't learned by example throughout their lives. They're not an example learner. That's not who they are. They're not going to look at you and go, well, you look so nice and peaceful there. Next time I'll kill fewer people. And eventually, if enough people sit there and smile at me, I won't be a murderer anymore. That's not going to happen. That's not how reality works. Um, so, I, again, I don't, someone just said you don't need violence, you need secession. So I agree that secession is the right next step. I would not support trying to violently go after the current United States government because I don't think I don't think that's the next necessary option. I think secession is a possible option. I think a state can say, you know what? We're out. We're in this by voluntary contract. We're out. We don't want to be part of this anymore. Go vote for secession in your local state and see if you can get your local state to secede. That's the next that's the next course of action. If you really don't have any faith at all in the system of, of the United States government anymore, if that's where you are, go push for secession. Now, that might lead to violence, but it wouldn't be initiated by this, the state. It wouldn't be initiated by you, right? It could be that the federal government doesn't want to let you go, and they fire the first shot, and then you're stuck in violence, which sucks. But – could we get someone on to discuss secession? Like, I don't know enough about it. Like, how does it even happen? What What's the process? What's the precedent? Um, the history of it? Like, I, I would love to get a constitutional lawyer or someone, maybe like Chris Ann Hall, who we've talked to before, mm. just to explain. Be because I feel like I'm, I don't have enough, I don't have enough information on it to know if that's something I support or not. Well, look, I mean, I've seen some people in chat are saying, I mean, there's disagreement. Some people think I'm talking on my ass. Some people think <laughs> I'm spot on. I'm not, I'm nailing it. So I get there's disagreement in the community here. But, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a, the comment I want to highlight here is secession. I think they mean secession, not succession. Secession is war. It is our country. If you don't have it, <laughs> I'm not going to argue whether it's your country or not. But if you're one of these people that believe that the election was stolen, that the deep state is in control in cahoots with the Democrats. If you believe all of that, if you believe that all the legal attempts were rejected for partisan reasons and that, and that the, the whole thing was a sham, it's not your country. You lost it. It is their country. You want it to be your country. 
you love the idea of it, as do I. But at, I'll see, at least say this. You can say it's your country, but it's not your government, <laughs> right? Like, let, I'll, I'll be clear. It's not your government then. And so secession doesn't mean you hate the idea of the United States. Secession means, hey, look, the United States was a, an agreement between these states, and that agreement has been breached. And so if the Constitution is, has been breached and you no longer think that the people in charge of executing that contract are executing it in good faith, that's the next step. It's not a, it's not a cop-out. To, to secede. It's a it's actually, I, I think, a much more reasonable approach than thinking that you're going to get into some kind of violent war with the current state and government and and have any chance of winning um without massive loss of life. If you really care about nonviolence, you you go for secession first. You don't you don't immediately march on Washington. Yeah. So I know uh, I'm doing this out of order, but I just saw a super chat I wanted sure. to read because uh, I think this is really important. Channel Julio, thank you, sir, by the way, says censoring Trump is as big an insult to the office of the presidency as storming the Capitol is to Congress. The gall of Zuckerberg and Dorsey. Zuckerberg founded or funded the steal at select voting districts. So. Yeah. Um, first of all, I think you're right. It is an insult to the offices, office of the presidency. And secondly, um, it shows you who actually has power. Uh, and, and, and what I mean by that is the people who are living again in this, this propaganda, false reality, um, where left and right is the most important distinction and everything is viewed through Trump glasses and what you think about Trump. And those people also are living with the false impression that the president of the United States has more power than the cathedral, right. has more power than the media and big tech and, um, and, and the political elite, the deep state. And he doesn't. And it doesn't matter which president you're talking about. Um, somebody said to me the other day, um, some leftist I was arguing with when I pointed out that they're hypocrites because they like to take they like to take Martin Luther King's um, uh, comment about how the riot is the voice of the unheard. They take that out of context. Martin Luther King was using that. He was using that in a pre, uh, descriptive way, a descriptive way, not a prescriptive way. He was describing why, explaining why riots happen because people feel unheard. He was not saying, I advocate for riots. Everything he said was against violence. He believed in the non-aggression principle. Um, he was explaining that. Well, that's the okay. difference. Well, towards the end, yes, but in the context of that speech, I've read it. He was not, right. he was not advocating. prescribing. Yeah. He was not advocating for violence and rights. He was not prescri It was not prescriptive language. He was describing. They take that out of the context and they try to use it in a prescriptive way and say, see, see, violence is justified. This is why we should have violence. No, no, it's descriptive. And they're not doing it. They're selective about it. They're hypocrites, of course. They're not using that quote out of context for what happened at the Capitol. They're not saying, they're not even using it, by the way, they're not even using it descriptively, which is the way he used it. They're not even using it to say, this is what explains it. This is why this happened. These people feel unheard. They're not even using it that right. way. 
um, the way that it was intended. But that is why this happened. These people do feel unheard. And some leftist was arguing with me and said, how can they be unheard? They're represented by the president of the United States, the most powerful person in the world. I was like, really? The president of the United States just got banned on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Tell me who has the power here. All you have to do is look at it. Look who has the power. Look who has the power. You're absurd. And do you think do you think Biden is going to be I, I guess because you think Trump is the most powerful person, I guess you think Biden's going to be have that power too. Biden only has the power that the deep state and the legacy media and big tech give him, and they will give it to of him. Of course. Well, he's largely but ceremonial. At, and so He's ceremonial. Whoever's in that office only serves, only serves at the behest of the cathedral, at the holy trinity of, of big tech, uh, at the holy trinity of big tech, the legacy media, and the deep right. state. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that's... <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, They have the power. They have the power to shut Biden off, too. But they're not going to. But they well, have the power, he's, too. Because he's doing what they, they want. They have the power. Yes. Right. Um, so, yes. yeah, you know, I, I did... I One more thing about the secession. I saw someone in chat say, well, secession will lead to war. Maybe. But that's on them. I'm not saying secession is the next best step right away. What I'm saying is... It's better than going to war now. It might lead to war, but at least you didn't initiate it at that point. It's on them. They would have to be the aggressors um, and initiate. Uh, and you can know that morally, you did not. You did not cause this. Um. So, and maybe, maybe it wouldn't. Um. I don't know, Carrie. Did you see the Zuckerberg here? Wait, let me show you this. So Zuckerberg. Not only did they ban Trump. He's now banned Trump, in, I think, indefinitely, or at least for the next two weeks. Did you see this statement from him? The shocking events of the last 24 hours clearly demonstrate that President Donald Trump intends to use his remaining time in office to undermine the peaceful and lawful transition of power to his elected successor, Joe Biden. By the way, there, uh, the characterization of this Washington stuff is uh, – I, I think it's one of the um, most obvious – pieces of propaganda. I mean, they're getting really sloppy. It's so sloppy. He stands up and says, "Go home, be peaceful." And 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 that outrages them and they say that he well, we think he intended. You can read here's what here's what uh Zuckerberg says. His decision to condone his decision to use his platform to condone rather than condemn the actions of his supporters at the Capitol building. Uh, that's not what he did. I mean, I saw his speech. He said, "Go home." has rightly disturbed people in the U.S. and around the world. We removed these statements yesterday because we judged their effect, and their likely intent was to provoke further violence. They're just reading into everything in a way that's uh, – it's gotten even more transparent. But the the point of this is he is um, – Zuckerberg is saying, we believe the risks of allowing the president to continue to use our service during this period – he's talking about the period of transition – are too great – Therefore, we are extending the block we have placed on his Facebook and Instagram accounts indefinitely and for at least the next two weeks until the peaceful transition of power is complete. They're turning off. They're turning off the president, guys. They're turning off the president. How much more evidence do you need of who holds the power here? 
Yeah. The, and, and there's a lot of talk about the 25th Amendment now. Um, we should impeach him. We should invoke the 25th Amendment. Those two, those two ideas have been thrown out. Uh, I think obviously that's a stupid idea. But, um, you know, there, there, that's how much hatred they have for this guy. And, by the way, for his supporters. Um, they, they don't want him to just lose. They want to kick him on the way out. And, you know, if they do something like that, I, I think it will create a martyr and uh, just energize people more. But <sighs> they, may, they, they might. They might do that. Um, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to my daughter this morning yeah. and, you know, she's 11 and I don't present stuff when I, when she talks about, cause she asks, she hears stuff sometimes on NPR or wherever when, you know, it's all mainstream media stuff that she hears outside of my control. And, uh, I, I try not to be, I try and be very descriptive, like just here's here are the facts this is what some people think this is what other people think this is what's factually happening and i explained to her this morning well uh these people believe that there was voter fraud and they have some anecdotal examples they've cited and and the news media and and basically everyone in the establishment has said there's no evidence um we're not going to bother to investigate it and i said to her if you're if you're joe biden or a joe biden supporter who by the way has said as his one of one of his campaign promises he's he's here to unify us as a country right she's 11 by the way i said look it if you're if you're on the side of trying to unify people and you believe that you won the election fair and square and that this is all bullcrap, what would your response be? And she said, "Well, I would have investigations and a recount. I would show them that, like, well, look, let's fine. You want to investigate? Let's investigate. Let's take the time to look at it all. Let's do a recount. Let's, and that way they'll feel good about it afterwards, even if they lost." Don't tell me that she's a better strategist than the establishment. <laughs> they know damn well that what they're doing is divisive. It's the opposite of unifying. Yeah. They know when they say, when Biden stands up and says, I want to unify the country, what he means is I want to divide it so I can figure out who the undesirables are, and then I want to just get rid of them. That's what I want to do. That's my idea of unification. That's what they mean. They mean the opposite of what they say. Yeah. Uh, well, the other thing I was just looking up uh, to make sure I was right about this, about the impeachment mm-hmm. thing. I think the, the reason they're pushing that now is because um, he wasn't found guilty uh, on articles of impeachment. If they were to impeach him – again and find him guilty then they could ban him from running again right and i don't actually i don't actually think it's likely he's going to run again Mm -hmm. but they seem to they seem to and i think that's that's the motive behind that is to to be able to do what they can to prevent him from running yeah but i mean if you do that then you you end up first of all you do create a martyr 
And all he has to do is campaign next to and fully endorse whomever is his surrogate in 2024. And he's got four years to get someone ready and he can stand next to them for every single speech (laughs) and say, this person, whomever it is, is is going to make America great again or whatever his catchphrases are. And, you know, I, I and his base will be more energized because he's the martyr. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. Someone recommended in, in this is super chat. Uh, Tenacious T recommends reading 48 Laws of Power. Uh, yeah. That book has always really bothered me. I've read it. Um, man. That book's always uh, Well, here's another super chat I want to read. This is from uh, Thaddeus. Thank you, Thaddeus. Thaddeus says, you should get Jonah Goldberg on to discuss the thesis in his last book, Suicide of the mm-hmm. West. I'm watching his predictions come true. I would love to hear his take on all of this with yeah. you guys. I haven't. Have you read that book? I haven't. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting because I've been hearing for the past week so many people say so and so predicted this and it's happening and it's like names i some names i know like jonah but i haven't read this book or some names are, are people i haven't haven't heard of or didn't follow and what's interesting to me about that is why didn't <laughs> why didn't we listen um yeah we never seem to ask that question um we we tend to just say well, Jonah, don't get snobby and say, I told you so. We don't like that. So let's just move on, shall we? <laughs> like, instead of just mm-hmm. moving on, shall we? Possibly a little introspection is required, American people. Why did you not listen to Ron Paul, for example? <laughs> there are plenty of people who have said, this is how things go. Um, and I'm not blaming you for not listening. I'm I'm only going to blame you for not having the wherewithal and the courage to be introspective now and say, okay, well, why didn't I listen? Let's kind of, let's try and correct that so that next time uh, I'm paying attention and it won't happen again. Yes. And you can correct that at any point. (laughs) Um, There's another super chat I wanted to read. This is from uh, Adam Coleman. Hi, Adam. I haven't seen you in our chat before. I may have missed you. Adam uh, gives us five bucks and says the establishment has all the power for a minimum of two years and the ball is in their court. In four years, everyone will realize how they've been used. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to realize how they've been used. I think it's already happening. Here's a silver lining of of what's to come is people – because the fist is going to get tighter now – they're going to use this the Capitol, what happened at the Capitol, and their narrative of what happened at the Capitol to squeeze the fist even tighter. And I think a consequence of that is you will see more people waking up. It just depends on how long it's going to take. One quick thing before you say, Adam Coleman, by the way, you guys may recognize him in book club. He's in our Unsafe Space book club. You can find him there. He's got a new book coming out. Um, I don't know the name of it, but you, Adam is a really interesting guy. And you guys I was just going to try and paraphrase, paraphrase what you said, which is, I think the more yeah. you tighten your grip, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Sorry, that was a Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> uh, that's all. I just wanted a Star Wars reference. That's true. Um, but 
but it's true. Yeah, people are going to be slipping through the fingers. Here's the other, um, another silver lining is that, again, I, I know I'm belaboring this lately, but I think it's one of the most important, I don't know, it's it, anyway, it's the thing I'm focused on that I'm thinking about a lot uh, in the past couple of days is that this whole imaginary right-left binary that they want us to believe in and that a lot yeah, of people do believe in. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, the right and left. We still use those words. We have to because so many people have bought into it. When I criticize it, what I mean is that um, the two parties are not really that different. And they give us this they give us this um, this political theater every four years where they're like, okay, peons. Here's time for the theater. Now you get to pick between one of the two guys. And it's like that old Bill Hicks joke. I love Bill Hicks. He, he used to have this joke where he would say, you know, I like the puppet on the right. You know, I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. And then, and then, it's, and then somebody's like, wake up, America. It's just one guy holding up both <laughs> puppets. And that's, that's what happens every four years. And the only reason um, things have gotten to where there are, they are right now is because Trump was not one of those puppets. Trump was not a real um, establishment guy. He was not a real Republican. He was a liberal who chose to run as a Republican. He was a Democrat I mean, I think for he's most a pragmatist. of his life, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he's he, just kind of a – Yeah, he's yeah. a pragmatist. But he's not part of the Whatever. establishment. He ran as a Republican. Right. If he had – if we lived in a world where he had chosen to run as a – Democrat and had won, which, by the way, he wouldn't have won as a Democrat. So it's good that he ran as a Republican. But if he had run and won as a Democrat, the reaction to him would have been the same. They, it would, they would have had to change minor, tweak the narrative in a minor ways. But the, 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 the cathedral trying to oust him, that still would have happened. You, you know who else was a threat to them? You can see it in the way they treat people. Who else was a threat to them? Who else was not one of the puppets? Mm. Bernie Sanders. Well, not or your puppets. favorite. Whether you agree with his policy. Right. But whether you agree with his policy positions or not, Bernie Sanders was a threat to them. And if if you don't believe that, look at what they did to him. They took well, him out. Well, I was going to say, Tulsi, you're, you're more favorite. Out. Like, they really went after her. And, yeah, I was going to get okay. – yeah, I'll get to her in a second. But look at what they did to Bernie. They took him out during the primaries. They stole it. The DNC gave that to mm. Hillary. And that's when a lot of Bernie people woke up. I know I woke up a little bit like that. That to me was startling what happened to Bernie. Um, look at what how they treated, like you said, Tulsi Gabbard. With, see, with Trump, they didn't see it coming. They thought Trump right. had no shot, even though they knew he wasn't one of them. They didn't think he had a shot. So they didn't plan for the possibility of him winning. None of us thought, I didn't think he could win. None of us thought, we thought he was a joke. If you go back and look at the WikiLeaks emails from the Clinton campaign, they were, during the Republican primaries, the Clinton campaign was promoting Trump and the other candidates that they thought had no shot because they wanted to promote the people they thought they had no shot instead of the ones they thought. They thought the establishment guys like <laughs> Jeb Bush had a chance. They thought the people like them had a chance. So there are emails you can read, internal campaign communications where they were saying, let's talk to the press, let's talk to the media. They called them the Pied Piper candidates, the ones they thought were jokes. They were like, let's push Trump and the other Pied Piper candidates. They didn't think he had a shot, so they didn't plan for that. They knew Bernie had a shot. They planned. They knew Tulsi. By the time Tulsi Gabbard came around, she's not one of them. How do you know? They attacked her with all the force that they attacked Trump from the very beginning. What did they use against Russia. her? Well, uh, trying to <laughs> – Russia. Yeah. What worked with Trump? 
Russia was big. Russia Gate was big then. They had already convinced all the people on the feeding tube, on the propaganda feeding tube, were like Russia Gate, Russia Gate, Russia Gate. So what did they use? Russia. They tried to, they tried to pin her to Russia somehow. Then they, then they tried to say she's homophobic. Because how do you take down a Democrat who's a woman and a person of color and a veteran? You would think they would be excited about her, right? She checks off all the intersectionality boxes and, and the everything. patriotism box, um, the no. veteran thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. But but they she was not someone they held up and celebrated like they did Kamala Harris, who got less than 1% of the vote, by the way. Um, no one was enthusiastic about her. People were enthusiastic about Tulsi because she was not right. one of them. And what did they do? They smeared her in the press. I saw leftist SJW friends speaking all kinds of BS stuff about her and rumors about her because they they're on the feeding tube they swallowed that stuff they didn't know anything about her they just start repeating what they what they've been told and then she gets banned remember when they changed the rules of some of the debates so they could purposely yeah they left her out of the debates um so it's not a it's not a left right thing that there are candidates who are not part of this duopoly who are not part of the system trump was one bernie was one tulsi was one two of those are different or, or ran as Democrats. Wait, wait where Democrats. does Bernie stand on some um, of the foreign policy stuff? Because that's probably the common denominator here, right? Tulsi didn't want to be bombing Assad and in a whole bunch of these, you know, CIA masturbatory wars in the Middle East. Um, and obviously Trump didn't either. He probably, I think Trump got involved in no new, he's the first president in decades to get involved in no right. new conflicts. Yeah, Bernie's anti-interventionist, oh, okay. like Tulsi. Like, know. yeah, you're not going to – if if you have an actual progressive, an actual anti-war progressive running, you will see the establishment bring yeah. them down. They can't have someone who's actually anti-interventionist or anti-war in there. And beyond that, I think it's just that they don't control them. They have to have enough to control people. They don't have dirt on people. This is why you saw them manufacture the, – the Clinton campaign manufactured this uh, steel dossier about um, right. you know Russian prostitutes peeing on Trump and all this nonsense they tried to create because they didn't actually have anything like that on him. They probably had some things. I'm sure – they did have a bit of – I do believe they had some kind of control over him, but not to the degree that they have over – the swamp, the establishment people. They didn't have control over him. They didn't have the degree of control they wanted over Bernie. They didn't have the degree of control they wanted over Tulsi. So all of this to say, I think one silver lining of what's happening is I'm starting to see, and I've been seeing over the course of these four years, slowly, people like myself on the left who've been waking up and progressives and liberals who are waking up, you know, Jimmy Dore, you watch an actual progressive like Jimmy Dore, he's awake to all of this. He knows Russia Gate was a the Russia collusion stuff was a hoax. Right. He knows well, it. even Max Blumenthal. Um, you know, Max yeah. Blumenthal. Who, yeah. Yeah. Who read. He knows it like actual progressives are awake to this and are are starting. More of them are starting to wake up every day that this is this is BS. We have more at this point um, progressives who are awake to the matrix who are awake to what's going on, progressives and liberals who are awake to that, we're going to find some interesting allyships happening because you're going to see, I think, more progressives and liberals and more people on the right who are awake to what's happening, forming these alliances. And, and, and I think that's a good thing. I think there's a silver lining of like, like, like you said, as the fist tightens, uh, uh, more what star is it, systems will slip through your fingers. <laughs> yes. Yes. They're going to wake up. They're going to wake up people the harder yeah. they grasp. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I hope so. And I hope that there is enough of an American spirit left to 
stand up against some of this stuff. Um, can I do a super chat? Because I don't want it to go away, and it's an important one. Uh, Tatiana yeah. sends us 20 bucks. Uh, thank you, Tatiana. And she says, been seeing my predictions coming to fruition, almost exact as I said they would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's another person, right, saying the same stuff. I started crying, actually contemplated suicide for the first time in ages. I don't know if I can watch all this. So scared for my two sons. Um, first of all, Tatiana, uh, I'm sorry that uh, you're that disturbed by this. I understand it, though. Um, I'm not going to attempt to talk you out of suicide because I'm not good at it, but I will say you at least owe your sons to not do that so think about how it will impact the people that you love um suicide's not an answer and Um, it's not an answer and it's not and by the way we all have um thank you for being honest about that because everybody struggles at sometimes they may not struggle with suicidal thoughts although a lot of people have but everyone struggles with um despair and the thing about you that I know just, just from getting to know you, Tatiana is, is you're one of the most courageous people I know. So whatever those, those dark thoughts are that you're having now, like, and whatever it is that your inner voice is saying to you, just know that you are a courageous person. You are not whatever that negative voice is saying. And, um, and and we need you. I need you. <laughs> Your well, sons need you. Also, I, I just want to. So. You're not alone, right? I mean, a lot of us are in. We have our moments of of this kind of internal despair, and you know, we've kind of jokingly said that I've I'm black pilled on the show a little bit now. Yesterday with Beverly, I looked up the definition of black pill and some other pills, and I'm not even sure that they. <laughs> I don't even know what they mean exactly anymore because there's conflicting definitions. So. Um, but uh, but before I looked up the definitions, I was saying that I think I have crossed over into white pill. <laughs> um, so yes, I think the black pill thing. I'm just going to use my own definition, right? The black pill is a is a a pessimistic. It's an ex, it's it's a recognition that things are not going well. They're going to get bad. It, there's a very pessimistic, dark. Um, understanding. It's like, you know, the red pill, you kind of wake up to see that the media is lying and blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's fine. Um, The black pill is this realization that you can't vote your way out of this. Things are going to get really, really bad. And and it's scary and it's depressing. And like, I, I, I get it. But I was asking myself, like, am I actually black pilled? Because if I'm really black pilled, why would I be doing this? Like, <laughs> right? I would be, yeah. I would be at home in you know i would be out in the wilderness in a in a bunker right or whatever or i'd move to china whatever i'd get out um and the my understanding of the difference with uh uh and this is going to be my definition of white pill i don't know if it's correct but i i view the black pill as a going through a phase of grieving and when the grieving process is over you find hope again and you find a reason to like why you're here and Look, the uh, the white pill is, I think, I to me, the white pill is acceptance of all of that and the inspiration and resolution to fight. Because fighting matters. Standing up for what you believe in matters. It matters. And you're not alone. 
there is – if anywhere in the world, if anywhere in the world there is any group of people that has love of liberty, that maintains that spirit of, of, of liberty and individual rights and I'll just say goodness, right, the goodness of the enlightenment values, if there's anywhere in the world where that spirit's still alive, it is here in America, maybe not where I am in California very much, but it is here in America. And there are plenty of people who are who feel the way you do, who want what you want or some variation. Like Carrie and I don't 100% agree on everything in the future, but directionally we want the exact same thing. We're both going in the same direction, right? There are countless people here that all want the same thing and all that's really needed to change things is for those people to stand up that's all that really needs to happen um and i can it can be depressing but i'll tell you you lose a piece of yourself when you shut up yeah. you lose a piece and i'm going to speak metaphorically a little piece of your spirit dies when you don't speak your truth. What's the quote from uh, uh, Edmund Burke? The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing, right? When you – okay. Sorry. This is going to go on for a minute because I just realized it's related to the sign behind me. I, I had I wrote pragmatism on the sign behind me today because I was thinking about it. And it's easy for us to say – well, it's this, it's this Marxist ideology. It's this other thing over here. It's nihilism. It says here's all the bad ideas that are responsible for where we are today. And you can trace. You can read Gramsci and then you can read Foucault and then you can read Derrida and get to Kimberly Crenshaw and, and get yourself up to some white fragility and say, look, there's the path. It's this bad collectivist ideology that got us to where we are. And you're not wrong. That is true. That is true. However – I have come to believe that the single biggest threat to Western civilization is pragmatism. It is pragmatism because pragmatism is what has stopped good people from standing by principle. And that's one of the things that religion teaches. It's one of the things that makes religion – again, I'm saying this as an atheist. It's one of the things that makes religion helpful. People – have a yeah. sense of right and wrong, and they will stand up, stand up to it to the death if they're practicing their religion, right? They will stand in that fire with Abchak, Abednego, I forget their names, the three. They'll stand in the fire. It's been a long time since I read the Bible. They'll stand in that fire because they know it's right. They know it's right. And I don't think you need religion necessarily to understand the importance of standing up for principle. But very few kind of non-religious philosophies tell you to stand up for principle or, or give you any reason to stand up for principle. And what they've told you instead is they sneaked in this pragmatism into our culture. And the pragmatism was this. It's this idea 
that you should compromise everything, that principles aren't actually worth standing up for. You're being ridiculous. You're an extremist if you stand up for a principle. You're not being cooperative. You're not trying to get along. All those things are so much more important than your stupid values of right and wrong. Why don't you just shut up and get along? Do a little compromise. And one of my favorite Ayn Rand quotes is, is uh, in any compromise between food and poison, only death can win. And that, has what, that is what has been happening. It's not just, yes, we can blame the Marxist ideology. Yes, we can blame all those bad ideologies. But that's not a very empowering analysis. It's not a complete analysis. If we really want a complete analysis, we have to look at something that's empowering and say, what can we do, the non-Marxist people? What can the non-bad ideology people do? What can we change? How did we let this happen? And how we let it happen was we succumbed to pragmatism. That's what we did. And we stopped thinking that standing up for a principle was honorable. We started thinking that standing up for principles made you a crazy weirdo. That you should be – you're an outcast. You're an, you're an obstructionist. You're just a fanatic. Standing up for principles is the only way to stop the metastasizing, the cancer of Marxist and other bad ideologies infesting the culture. You've got to stand up on principle. So one thing that we can do to change ourselves is stand up for what you believe in and stop believing that compromise is a moral answer. Compromise is not moral. It is amoral. I'm not saying it's immoral. It is amoral. It's unrelated to ethics. Compromise is not an ethical position. It's not a principle. You know, and an easy way to demonstrate this is pick something that's outrageous. Would you ever say to someone, well, how about just a little bit of rape? No. Rape is evil. No rape. (laughs) That's a very obvious example. Well, you need to stand on that principle for all of your beliefs. All of them. Because as soon as you say, well, I really care about individual rights, but just a little bit of government over here, just a little bit of compromise over here. Well, you know, truth really matters, but not this thing over here. You're done. You are done. You've accepted pragmatism, and that's how bad ideas infest us. That's how they do it. And I'm not saying that we're wholly responsible. It is the the bad ideology that's ultimately responsible. But we do have power, and that power is to stand up and stand on your principles. And say something. And if that means losing your job, lose your job. If that means losing friends, lose your friends. You will survive. You will survive. There will be a way. But And and it might be tough. But if you are in this mode where you feel like you have to compromise, every time you compromise your principles, I think you lose a little bit of self-esteem. A little bit of your spirit dies. Because deep down, you have this ideal that you know is good. And you know you don't meet it. And look, we're all, we all make mistakes. So it's, I'm not saying like never sin. What I'm saying is when you do make a mistake, the only way to maintain your self-esteem in any way, to, to, to maintain your spiritual integrity is to, is to be honest about it and say, ah, I behaved in a way that is bad. I don't like how I behaved. I'm going to try and figure out why I did that and, and change myself and be better. Not rationalize it away. 
with, or I'm not going to think about it, or I'm just going to drink to forget it, or whatever. That's when your spirit dies. That's when a little bit of you dies. That's when your self-esteem dies. That's when you start hating yourself and the world. That's when that happens. Pragmatism, pragmatism will rot you out from the inside. It will rot you. Don't succumb to pragmatism. Pragmatism is the evil. Not, I mean, yes, Marxism is evil, but pragmatism is the one that no one pays attention to, and it's the reason that the gates have been open and that this crap has infiltrated our society, and we are where we are today. And I, I know that was a long rant, kind of unrelated, but no, awesome. no, it was perfect. And I would say, um, especially because I know Tatiana and she does believe in God and a creator. And she's sent me several books on orthodoxy, which have been very helpful to me. She sent me a book on nihilism um, that that uh, it's called nihilism, the root of the revolution of the modern age. Um, and I know she believes in God. And so I'll just say for anyone who does believe in a creator, I mean, we talked to this interview is not out yet, but we got to talk to um uh, Cameron, uh, what's his last name? Uh, uh, Pasher. Uh, is it Pashar? Pasher. Pashar. Yeah. Cameron Pashar. And we talked to him recently, and that interview is going to be out soon. And he's a, a screenwriter in Hollywood, and he is a devout uh, Muslim. And and I so thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. Pasha. And Sorry, I just looked it up. Despite our differences. Say it Pasha. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Cameron Pasha. And despite all of our differences, um, one thing we had in common and I could see I could see this light in him was that uh, this belief that no matter how bad things get, there's this divine hand at work. And there are things we have no knowledge of. Like if you are a Christian, if you're an atheist, OK, play the organ music. Harry's going to say this for a second to the Christians. But you know that there there are things at work that are we don't understand here and that we don't fully understand God's plan. And sometimes we're lucky enough when we get on the other side of a struggle or a trial to be able to see more clearly and say, Oh, I understand that now. There's no way I could have understood it going into it. But, um, so, so I know that I know Tatiana's beliefs and I would, I would just say, um, you know, my preacher has me memorizing Hebrews 12 right now. Hebrews 12 is very encouraging. And even if you're not a believer, you might find it encouraging. So, uh, I would, I would, I would check it out. It's about running a race and it's about endurance. And um, I don't know. I'm not going to read it again. I've read it on a podcast before and I'm already going to get pissed off some people while being Jesus-y. But look, hey, what you were saying, Carter, about being the weirdo, but standing up for principles and truth makes you a weirdo. Um, You know, if you're a practicing believer and you're standing up and you're principled and and you're trying to stand up for your your religious beliefs and and for truth and um you're going to be considered a weirdo uh Cameron Pasha is considered a weirdo you know because he's not a woke muslim and so like it's okay like i'm at this point where i just feel like i i got to be on uh Benjamin Boyce's show and he asked me some questions about god and faith that in a way that nobody had asked me yet and um, he got me to talk about some personal stuff about my experience with God in a way I haven't on this show before. And, um, and I realized as I was doing it, okay, this is going to tell everyone who wants to have their clip of Carrie being a Jesus freak. Hey, here you go. You got your clip, but that's okay. I'm fine with being the weirdo. I'm fine with being the weirdo. You can, but you know why? Because, because I do have that sense of, I do have that sense of peace. Right. 
I do have all the beautiful things I have um, from my belief in truth and principles and in God and all the things I get from that. Oh my gosh. It, it, it's like, if you were to ask me, would you rather have that? Or would you rather not be called a weirdo? Well, call me a weirdo. I'll take this over here. <laughs> like, so. Well, and I cares? think look, the more people see anyway. that we're all a little bit weird in our own way, the more they feel comfortable <laughs> being their own version of weird. Um, and so there's one other yeah. thing I wanted to ask and, and, just a request from the community. For those of you who can, can you just reach out to Tatiana and make sure she has a support structure and people around her that she can talk to? Um, because I don't like the idea of uh, people being that low that they, they're they contemplating suicide. Yeah. Um, Ta- Tatiana is on MeWe, by the way. She left Facebook. So um, we are on MeWe as well if you want to find us there. Um, all the alternative right. platforms, MeWe, Parlor, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, she's on MeWe if you want to find her. Um, and um, I, this is not a super chat, but Timmy is in chat. I haven't seen Timmy in a while. Timmy Time Faces, she says, I think we should all make more effort to support our local businesses. Yes. I mean, as we all know, uh, this this uh, what's happened over the events of 2020, as Carter has said before, it's been one of the largest transfers of wealth in American history from those who have little, you know, from small businesses, from the average person to big corporations and to the government, this has been one of the largest transfers of wealth and small businesses are, um, have really taken a hit. There are, I was just in uh, Lubbock and I was listening to the news. It's over 200 small businesses closed in Lubbock, Texas. And I mean, but look at the profits. Look at the profits of the co- very corporations they're bailing out. The corporations are doing fine. Amazon has done great during this year. You know, <laughs> you know wait, um, I, Target and Walmart are doing great. I, I, so support. Yeah, like Timmy says, I'll yeah, just yeah. Let, support your small businesses. I, right I know. I, I saw a little – there's like a little few-minute documentary. Or I don't know if it was – maybe it was a news item from some local news channel. I forget where I saw it online. But it was uh, – the title intrigued me because it was it was something about um, a mall uh, going out of business, and they showed like Amazon trucks in the parking lot, and they were like, "Oh, this law, you know, this story was oh, this mall's gone out of business, and now like Amazon a- Amazon trucks are using it as a parking lot uh, for the Amazon deliveries." And but then the narrator <laughs> said, "But don't blame Amazon; it's not Amazon." And I was like, "Wow, this is going to be an interesting argument they're about to make." And they just shifted to another mall and said, this mall is also dead. And I'm like, how, how does that make it not Amazon, you moron? <laughs> like, here's another example of a different mall. So it's not Amazon's fault. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, that's not how logic works, okay. <laughs> Mr. Narrator. That's but that's, that's the mainstream media for you. That's, um, what, you're, that's what we're getting. Uh, you guys, I just want to – I'm feeling a little emotional today. So just warning. I don't, I don't know. It's just the spirit of – something moving and and with your words carter for tatiana but uh manny is in chat today can you read his super chat because i was that's next on my list okay yes manny um gave us a super chat and says to dig ourselves out of this hole we'll need to consciously work on growing the group of enlightened sisters and brothers we are not enemies most of us are on the same team we can't fall for the divisiveness of the that the cathedral foments that is so true (laughs) that's a that's beautiful and that's what i was 
trying to talk about, although Manny says it in such a beautiful way, better than I was saying it earlier, but, but, um, people are waking up. It's not, this is not a left right thing there. If you, if you are, um, on the right and you don't have friends who are progressives or liberals, um, start making some because they're not all in the cult. They're not all feeding on the, on the feeding tube. Um, uh, a lot of us have, I'm not the only liberal I know who's woken up over the past four years. And, and, and there's, there are people in our community, um, who are, are, would be considered progressive or liberal and, and find out who they are and make those alliances. And if you're on the left and you watch us, um, and you know, I mean, if you're on the left and you watch us, I, I'm pretty confident you've already made those alliances <laughs> <laughs> like because you're awake and you've had to you've had to make them. Um, if you're a leftist hater who watches this, if you're one of our thumbs down trolls, um, I would say I would say this is a challenge to you. Why don't you know any concern? Why don't you have any conservative? I don't think friends? the thumbs down people actually watch. That's my theory. But um, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to paraphrase. I missed the super chat earlier, but Nunya Biz sent a super chat and I'm going to paraphrase it because uh, I liked it. It was uh, something to the effect of, do you feel the water getting warmer now, frogs? Um, <laughs> the, that's the, that is the yeah. silver lining when things change suddenly is more people notice the temperature shift and jump out of the pot. Um, if, if they, you know, the tactical errors on the left are, are, are turning the heat up too high too quickly. They've got to go at a pace where people don't notice it. And so maybe, maybe a silver lining is... Uh, is that I don't know. Um, another one that from yeah. Nunya Biz that's sitting right in front of me is, is uh, another five bucks says. Remember, remember, people. They say our democracy not because it includes us and them. It's because it's their democracy and they have captured it. <laughs> that they have captured. So, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, I. I, I I don't even know. I don't even know what to say about where we are. I do think 2021 is going to be going to be worse for all the reasons that we said. Yeah. And it's going to be look, we've got in case you missed it, <laughs> Democrats in control of the Senate, Democrats in control of the House and a Democrat puppet and his uh, failing upward lapdog in well, not lapdog, failing upward uh, dominatrix as the vice president, whatever. I don't know what she, I don't know. <laughs> I think she's in charge. Um, I think she'll be in charge. So, uh, but they're going to pass. They're going to, they now have the power, right? To undo the Democrats can undo a lot of stuff. Um, a lot of stuff. Keeping the Senate was crucial to keeping any of the changes that Trump implemented and it's gone. Well, they've are, they've, They've already said uh, they're rescinding the somehow uh, the executive order against critical race theory in federal right. labs. Did yeah. you see that? Um, which we right. knew would happen. That they're going to be. Congress, but, uh, I saw. Yeah, yeah I, I saw a funny uh, tweet this morning from James Lindsay that said, you know, people are asking me, how will I know if my school is pushing critical race theory? And he said, um, here's the answer. They I was going to say, it's a school. <laughs> Yeah, of course they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, they are. Um, buckle in, guys. Read Hebrews 12. This is a long race we're running. Um, so so uh, I sent you a couple okay. things, Carter. I was wondering if we could just look Let at a few of these because um, I just want to remind people of, of – 
why don't we do the video, just just the video. This is a compilation of the media, not to belabor the point, but uh, this is a great clip if you do want to send something to people uh, that you know who are trying to who are trying to deny the fact that the media is propaganda at this point, that it lies to us and gaslights us and acts in a hypocritical fashion. This is just a string of legacy media talking heads throughout the whole year of 2020 telling us that violence is the answer. <laughs> All right, let me uh, let me pull that up. Twitter's being slow about loading this video for some for some reason. Twitter hasn't prioritized this. Yeah, now listen. Uh, now listen to what it is that they're saying in these clips, and obviously it doesn't take much imagination to wonder. Uh, could you imagine them saying these things today <laughs> about um, protests at the Capitol two days ago? Why haven't they, you know? Um, yep. All right, let's see. Here's, here is the video. Let's see if I can remember to enable sound this time. And here we go. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. <laughs> That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally. It says it right in the name, Antifa, anti-fascism, which is what they were there um, fighting. Listen, there's... You know, no organization is perfect. There is some violence. Any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property. But these are not reasonable times. Thank goodness for the looters, man. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statutes. Respectfully, shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. You're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before. And then this is so terrible. And where are we and these savages and all of that? This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking covid to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. Oh, I forgot that phrase, so, direct action. Remember it's your history movement. before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically and, and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course, they disagree. So... Well, Carrie, uh, let's see if I can get you back here. Oh, good timing. You just sat down. That was awesome, Carrie. <laughs> that was that was excellent. Uh, yeah. So if you somebody asked for the link, um, I will retweet it from our. It'll be our in the it'll be in the show on, notes also. Uh, uns- all, all links are in show notes. Yeah, in the show notes. So that that's just. I mean, again, a lot of the people you might feel inclined to send this to we're in a place where they have been conditioned to deny their own eyes and ears. They're conditioned to ignite, ignore their own eyes and ears all summer. So it may not make an impact, but if you have someone you're talking to, who's like, what do you mean by media bias? Like, okay, here's some quotes. Could you imagine them saying these things today about the Capitol? <laughs> no, haven't, haven't heard any of this. Yeah, right. I was, <laughs> I, I had this conversation actually during my com- the conversation with my daughter this morning. We were talking about how they characterize the protests and um, 
And I said, I said to her, you know how sometimes like an adjective can have a negative connotation or a positive connotation. And, uh, she said, yeah, I, don't, I get, I sort of like, give me an example. And I said, well, like you can call something scented or you can call it smelly. Right. And they both kind of mean very similar things. And she was like, oh, I understand. So the BLM protests were scented and the Trump protests are smelly. And I was like, yeah, that's that's how they characterize everything. So if you look at the the words they're using, they're using words like mob. I've seen people use the words coup. They're storming the Capitol, uh, insurrection, uh, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and I don't see the word protest being used really at all. Yeah. Also, they, um, they a lot of times the media, the, the cathedral, the way in which they operate, they they just collectively like a school of fish. They all decide, you know, collectively to, to use this biased language. But other times it's issued as guidelines. So I don't know if you guys remember, but in October, the AP, the Associated Press in their style book in October, they told reporters not to use the word riot when referring to BLM and Antifa riots. To call them protests, not they officially amended the AP style book and said, please call them. Pro- you should call them protests. Well, a couple days ago, what happened? Washington Post editor in chief sent a, a message out to all the Washington Post staff writers um, that they must call the protest, the Trump protesters, a mob. <laughs> That's the opposite. Mm, mm. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I get I, I get that we need to keep pointing out the hypocrisy. It's just who doesn't see it? And I know some people still don't see it or they just don't want to. But um, damn. Okay, let me do a super chat. Michael Bennett's uh, Mike Bennett gives us 50 bucks. Thank you, Mike, and says we best support ourselves when we support others. And you both are doing a great job in reminding us of the network out there. Uh, thank, thank you, Mike. And yeah, I, I will remind you if you're a member in any way even at the one dollar level or whatever you do have access to a discord server um and if you don't want to pay anything or you can't pay anything or whatever there's you know there's telegram there's other ways to interact with our community um we have you know our community is great i don't always agree with people um you know i've i just read uh nunya biz uh super chat earlier that i loved but sometimes nunya biz says stuff that i disagree with so like we, we don't we don't always agree on everything, but just like Carrie and I, we're kind of all marching in the same general direction, and that's super important to remember. And uh, <clears throat> it's the direction that we're not allowed Carter to be and marching. I don't, in. <laughs> yeah, you guys, if, if you've watched this show for any amount of time, you know Carter and I don't agree on everything, and we don't even agree on something that's pretty important um, in, in sure. our basic philosophy. I mean, he doesn't believe in God, and I do. That's okay. We have shared values. It, you know, we we b- both believe in individualism and and truth and free speech and courage and um, that's the thing I like about our community and 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 I I love it. I, I do like to see it when people in the chat are disagreeing and they usually do so um, with civility. Sometimes I see name calling, but for the most part, I would say. Um, the people who who found each other on unsafe space, they they have a, a mutual uh, good faith when they have disagreements for the most part. Um, and, and that's really that's really kind of special. Can we have a moment of intermittent sure. frivolity? This has nothing to do with the world at large. 
I had to step away during the video because Tiger was barking because the there was a person delivering a package and I couldn't help myself and I just opened it. This is for we are officially now a knitting and, and crocheting <laughs> podcast. One of my friends sent me the Golden Girls crochet kit. I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> that Look looks at this. very complex. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that on the couch. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at this. I'm like, they have no idea what I'm looking at. I have to show it. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. It's so great. I guess I'm going to crochet now. Okay. Thank, thank you to my friend who I know does not watch our show. <laughs> well, your friend should watch our show because Aww. it's a knitting show apparently. So That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, okay, okay, one other thing about how to cope yes. during this time. It, it's related to frivolity. You have to take breaks. I mean, we've said this before, but I just want to reiterate it. Like, um, it's okay to go off social media temporarily or even permanently. It's okay. I will. Say, you may not like this, but I'm. It's okay even <gasps> to stop watching our show. It's sure, a, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay to start to unplug from from all this stuff. You can only um, digest so much of it before you need balance. And uh, some people have that balance every day. They only spend a certain amount of time online each day. They limit it per day. And some people have, you know, balance in terms of like several months on a couple months off kind of thing, but whatever you do, like you have to have balance and you have to have joy and, and frivolity and, and you can't just be constantly um, in that. That's where, that's when you get to those dark places, I think is when you're just consuming what's happening in the news, like get back into real life um, a little bit. So, well, um, I want to address something that I also see in chat. Someone says that they, they like unsafe face, but I do not like any form of radicalizing and feel today's stream has that flavor. That's okay. You can, you can disagree with the flavor of today's stream. You're still invited to be part of the community. Uh, I, I just want to, I've said this before, but I think I would encourage, I would encourage you, not you particularly, but anyone who is, um, Anyone who says they, anyone who is afraid of words like radicalization and extreme, um, extremism, those aren't philosophical words. Those are those are words of degree. Those are just degrees. Uh, that's like saying I don't like ten because it's the highest on the dial. Okay, uh, it depends what the dial is. So there's no such thing as like there's nothing there's nothing bad about extremely healthy right extremely moral um and it's the reason that the words radicalization or uh extremism have been vilified is because the ideologies to which they are referring are bad in and of themselves but the people referring to those ideologies are afraid to talk about the bad aspects of the idea or the bad beliefs and so they just call them extremism or it's radical. Um, there's nothing wrong with radicalization either. Being a radical is not necessarily a bad thing. It depends in what way you are a radical, right? Um, radically, you could be you can be radically honest. That might not bother people around you, but there's nothing immoral about it. Um, there, there's lots of things that that. There's, people substitute moral judgments for these these words of that describe degrees, 
and degrees of things is that's a pra- that's the that's the infection of pragmatism. That's this idea that like, well, you can't do too much of that thing. You're in, don't be extreme about your stance that we can't th- steal from one another. That's an extreme stance. Don't say we can never do it. There must be a compromise. You're extreme if you say you can't, like that's what I'm opposing specifically. Carrie might not agree, but that's fine. Can I can I jump in here for a second? I just um my take on that is different. If someone's saying that uh, that uh, times that things seemed radicalized right now, they are. They have become radicalized. Can you pull up one of the links I Which sent one? you, Carter? Um, will you pull up the one uh, the tweet that has the screenshots of Arthur Chu? Right. Um, Arthur Chu, you guys may recognize. He's a former Jeopardy winner. And he's a leftist on Twitter who has quite a large following um, and and is, you know, if you're on Twitter, you may be familiar with him. Um, these are some screenshots of things okay. that he tweeted after after what happened at the Capitol. And the reason I'm bringing this up in response to that comment is because this is radicalization. I started seeing what you're about to see in these tweets. I started seeing this four years ago. It's part of what it's a big part of what woke me up and got me to leave the social justice cult was because I started seeing people on my side, presumably side. I still believed in the whole left right thing. I still, you know, I I started seeing people on the left um, supporting physical violence, justifying it online or actually engaging in. It. I saw videos of people attacking Trump supporters physically and, and bloodying them and mobs going after people. And I saw friends of mine on social media saying stuff like people need to die. There, there's one that I quoted in my very yep. my first essay about trying to grapple with this. Um, it was called on leaving the social justice cult. And in that essay, I quoted I did a screenshot of a friend of mine who said People need to die. And he had a whole list. He said Trump and Pence and Barron and, every, you know, every, you know, he had all these Republicans on the list. And it was so crazy to me to see people calling for murder. Right, but what makes that wrong murder. isn't the radical and, part of it. It's, it's what's being radicalized. It's the, it's the use. It's the initiation of force that's wrong. Right. The initiative. But 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 allow me to make this point. That woke me up. That is radicalization. And this. I, I, we can argue about rag, what you mean by that word and Fair later. Enough. Just let me let me make this point. If you were saying I'm talking to the normies here or if you were saying this sounds what you guys are talking about, secession or what's possibly to come and trying to predict the future, that some of it sounds like radical things you're predicting. Well, yes, we are living in radical times. Look at these tweets. This is from a blue check mark on Twitter uh, on the left. And. I don't think you I can see them. But so you tell the first me one's up. up. The Ashley Babbitt feeding. Go ahead and read it. Yeah. If you want. So can you can you read some of? Don't read what she's saying. Will you read his his tweets? Sure. Uh, so the first one here says Ashley Babbitt feeding the worms is one of the few good things that happened as a result of the Capitol quote protest. And if you feel the need to mourn her Nazi ass, it'll be easier for both of us if you unfollow me. He seems nice. So he's he's saying that the woman, the unarmed woman, the veteran who was shot by Capitol Police and died at the Trump protests is a Nazi and that she deserves to die and that she's worm food. Can can you read some yep. of the others? So underneath I, I that, he says, when a bullet goes through the fatty tumor 
A Nazi has in the space where a human being would have a brain, nothing is lost. A pile of meat that moved and spoke and acted like a person was made to stop moving and thus could no longer fool people into thinking it was one of them. I, I can see why Jack Dorsey thinks this is completely normal and, and, and completely within Twitter's standards. Uh, the next thing he says is <clears throat> a Nazi is the opposite of a person and therefore our morality to them must be reversed. To hate them is to love. To harm them is to heal. To kill them is to bring life. You should feel less bad than you do about putting down a rabid animal. In that case, the rabies virus and the host are separate identities. One was the victim of the other. A Nazi is the disease. So this is uh, a couple. I have a couple points to make about this, Carter. One, somebody. Well, somebody in the chat says, "Who is this? Why is he so important?" He's not so important. He's just some guy with a bunch of followers. He's just some guy who was a Jeopardy champion and then amassed a bunch of followers. And he's a a typical blue. He's a typical blue checkmark leftist who has a big following. And I'm just highlighting what he's saying because this is not isolated. This is not one person saying this. I started to see this kind of language and this kind of dehumanization of conservatives and of Republicans. I started to see it in 2016. It's part of what woke me up. I saw friends of mine calling all conservatives and Republicans Nazis and simultaneously saying it's okay to kill and punch Nazis. And by the way, all Trump voters are Nazis. Right. That's that's what was happening at that time. And it's only gotten worse. You can see it now in, in Arthur Chu's quotes. That we're, we're in this stage and we've been in this stage for the past four years where they are using – it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's not crazy. It's, it actually makes sense to me that he is – um, calling people Nazis while behaving like a Nazi and using Nazi tactics. This is what the Nazis did. They dehumanized people. This is what yep. you have to dehumanize people before you can feel like it's okay and justified to murder. In fact, them. they used that exact He's metaphor, her, by the way, parasites. Right, right. He's calling her a Nazi, which is not true. Since he's called her a Nazi, he thinks it's okay to call her uh, a pile of meat. He he says she's not a person, mm-hmm. um, and the, and if you think that that he's just saying it about this one unarmed protester who happens to be a Trump supporter, that's not true. He's saying this about all Trump people, everyone who was there and everyone who wasn't. Anyone who is not in their cult, they see as being fair game for murder. For elimination. And I'm saying this because this is not I'm not exaggerating. A lot of people on the left believe this. They believe this. They think it's they think it's okay to kill and murder someone as long as you put the Nazi label on them. And they've put the Nazi label on anyone who isn't them. And so we are living in radicalized times like things have gotten crazy. They are going to get crazier. The dehumanization is going to get worse um, there's one other tweet I sent you just to just to hammer this home. This is the one from James right, Lindsay. Find it. Uh, yep. Let's see. I'll put it up. Okay. Uh, so he's he's commenting on the, a tweet from this guy Khalid Jabari, who I don't know. Do you know who Khalid Jabari is? No. Should I? It doesn't I'll read. Matter. Uh, Khalid's tweet. Khalid says, I posted this a lot early on, but it warrants repeating. Republicans are not our countrymen. They are terrorists and must be treated as such. 
hashtag Capital Riots, hashtag Trump. And then he shows what he he previously posted, which is, it is no longer tenable to recognize Republicans as a political party, much in the same way that we fight to be anti-racist, do we? We must fight to make this country anti-Republican. The word Republican should give everyone the same gut reaction as the word as words like rapist or murderer, disgust, revulsion, and horror. Republicans have fortified their right to be your countrymen. Or forfeited. That didn't make sense to me. Republicans have forfeited their right to be your countrymen. They no longer serve the American people, instead choosing to strip them of all their rights and torture them. We must make this country actively hostile to Republicans and conservatives the same way they've made this country inhospitable to everyone else. When Republicans have been shamed out of society, America will find peace. Uh, so, And of course, James Lindsay says full, full dehumanization is coming. Full dehumanization mode is coming, which, of course, he's correct about. Yes. So, so whether you like it or not – they do not view you as human. They do not view you as, as this guy says, uh, if you're a Republican, you shouldn't even be considered a valid political party. But it goes beyond that. They don't view you as human, which is which is weird because they use that. Again, they engage in a lot of projection. And, and we've seen them uh, a lot of times if you disagree with some point that they have, they will say, uh, your disagreement is it, you're trying to invalidate my very humanity and my very right. existence, which is insane. It's like, no, I'm just disagreeing with you, dude. <laughs> but they that's what they are doing here. They are, in fact, trying to deny your humanity if you are someone who's not one of them. If you don't share their ideology, you're fair game. They they don't want you in this society. They don't want you alive. So this is where we're, we've been heading slow. I, I, it didn't start 2020. I, it probably it started way before 2016. I just didn't see it till 2016. I couldn't see it clearly. And every day there are more people seeing it clearly. And I'm sure Arthur Chu helped a lot of people see it very clearly what what they believe about you if you're not one of them. But we are living in radicalized times. So when you're living in crazy times, when you're living in an upside down world, you are going to hear things and predictions about what might possibly uh, come to be that it doesn't mean that I I don't want them to come true. I don't want to see some civil unrest, but I I we are living in a time where half over half the population is being dehumanized currently. Okay, I don't I don't disagree with anything you said except for your definition of radical. So, I and and the reason I'm picking on this is because this is partly how they confuse issues by misdefining words. So, I'm trying to channel Socrates who would never let this people get away with <laughs> he was obsessed with definitions. Radical does not mean crazy. Radical and crazy are not the same thing. The only app, there's several definitions, but the one that's relevant here is very, it, there's there's four sub-definitions to the relevant one. A, very different from the usual or traditional. B, favoring extreme changes in existing views, habits, conditions, or institutions. C, associated with political views, practices, and policies of extreme change. And D, advocating extreme measures to retain or restore a political state of affairs. Now, none of those extreme um very very different those are all those are all degree words those are all words of someone that wants something very different from what is going on now it doesn't mean they want it through violence it doesn't mean like when you if you were a if you were a 
a an Enlightenment values individual rights person living in the Soviet Union, you were a radical by definition. You wanted something radically different than what you were in. So what I'm saying is what's it's to me it's very it's not just to me it, it it is very important to be careful with words and to use the words that you mean is it the radical thing that's bothering you or is it something is there something deeper peel that radical label off when you're just using words that are only gradations that are only words that are telling you the amount of degree of something peel those words off and get to the essence of what it is that you oppose to this and what i oppose to what you just shared is not the quote radical nature it's the blatant it's the blatant uh, desire and expression that the initiation of the use of force with people you disagree with is exactly the right thing to do, that the state and other individuals have power to dehumanize and initiate the use of force against people. That is radical. It is extreme, but it's not its radical or extreme nature that makes it bad. It's, it's the content that makes it bad, not the degree to which the content has been turned up. Does that make sense? Sort of. We don't have to keep I'm not going. I, really, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I know what they that person meant by radical, and and they're not defining it the way you are. They did. I, I get crazy. it, but you gotta um, right. get back to definitions because when you speak that stuff, it 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 really definitions matter. Definitions matter. We can't have conversations, and, and like definitions really really matter. So just take the time to think about. I I misuse words all the time, but. They encourage us to misuse those words. They want you because they can label things radical or extreme without any analysis of them. Because those words don't require – they don't require an ethical analysis. They're just degrees. So once they make that word bad, they just say that's an extremist thing. Done. Extremism is bad, right? So that's why it's dangerous. That's all. Uh, Mike Bennett <laughs> gives us a super chat, a very large one. Thank you, sir. And says, we best support ourselves when we support others. And you both are doing a great job in reminding us of the network out there. Well, thank you. Yeah, there is. Look, it, you guys in the in the chat, a lot of you are in the, um, we have a telegram. You can go in there and, and meet other people from Unsafe Space and chat with them. I don't go in there very often anymore because there's so many people and now there's so many posts. I just feel overwhelmed. Um, but we also have a discord. If you um, are a subscriber on subscribe star, then that there's fewer people in that one. Um, you can just hang out in the chat here. You can find us on social media platforms and meet people. But I know a lot of people in the community who've become friends with one another. And I think, I think, yeah, that's I've really enjoyed cool. meeting some people um, in the community uh, as well through some of those channels. So um, can you read Hermit, Hermit Thrushes? Nanya Biz also oh, says, real, real quick, okay. Nanya Biz also says, um, gives us a super chat and says, to anyone that thinks any of the conversation here is radical, wear a Trump hat without a mask on at a store <laughs> today and then come back to us. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, good point. Good point. Um, uh, you'll. You'll experience that dehumanization <laughs> yeah. very fast. You'll have a visceral – you'll have a gut understanding of what that is. Uh, Hermit Thrush gives us 25 bucks and says, I work with the disabled in a collapsing NGO, deep blue state, cerebral palsy, autism, Alzheimer's, psychologically taxing, spiritually fulfilling. No one in my life thinks like me. Books, nature, maintain me, and you too. Thanks. Thank you, Hermit, uh, for, for what you're doing and for being part of the community. Um, 
books in nature sustain yeah. me too. Um, here's a really positive. I want to read this one because it relates to Tatiana's mm-hmm. um, um, message from before. King Collins. Thank you, King Collins. He says, I did attempt suicide in 2015 and was in critical condition for weeks. It is not worth it. I love you and I am here for you. You are important to us. Thank you for that. I'm glad it didn't work. I'm Matt glad Ditch. you failed. And welcome. And, uh, yeah. Sometimes it's good to be a failure. Sometimes it's good to be. I've certainly done stupid things and then failed doing them, and it was it was the right thing. Um, it was good to have failed. Uh, Keith the Hack Guy uh, gives us a super chat. Hello, Keith, and says, radical extremist Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Radical Radical, okay, I get your point now. Radical extremist Thomas Jefferson wrote about the government, quote, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, end quote. Disagreeing with the right of secession is arguing with Thomas Jefferson, not with me. (laughs) I love you, Keith. (laughs) Uh, Why bother gives us 20 euro because why bother is more sophisticated than everyone else and denominates super chats in euro. Says, geez, Misusing terms like uh, Nazi in such a degrading manner is a huge red flag to me. He clearly has an intellectual capability to comprehend the definitions and why it's not applicable. You know, reverse hate speech. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like that guy doesn't know that these people aren't Nazis. It's a – again, we've said – we'll say this over and over again until people get it. I mean, I'm sure most of you get it already, but we'll say it for the new people. Uh they use language as tools to bludgeon you to agree with them, not as reference to objective reality. They are not trying to describe what they think is true about the world. They are trying to intimidate you into compliance. That is the purpose of language to leftists. It is not to relay the truth, which is why hypocrisy abounds and bad definitions abound and all this kind of stuff abounds. It's because language is a tool of intimidation. That's the purpose for them. That's it. And the, the sooner you understand that, yeah. the easier it is to to understand this stuff should not be surprising. It should not be surprising. Um, um, we also have a super chat from the captain's okay. log who says, Cori Bush, Cori Bush, a freshman congresswoman, is also calling for the expulsion of the GOP after these events, yet they supposedly fight fascism, <laughs> right? That's insane. A uniparty. We are living in insane, insane times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Matt Deckard uh, says, people have to wake up. We're running out of comfort food. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sandy Kins 57 gives us 100... Swedish somethings who's I forget what they're called Kronig Kronig something uh, and says best knitting show ever and in the words of Lil Ragamuffin <laughs> freedom yes uh, or in the words of Kamala Harris freedom, freedom. Yes. Uh, Colin P gives us 20 bucks and says do you remember when it was acceptable to storm the Senate during the Kavanaugh hearings the narrative has been decided for you you can't declare only one side's riots are acceptable they're pushing people into a corner turns out you can declare that uh you're just a bad person if you do <laughs> yeah i do remember that and i also remember remember during the blm and antifa uh protest protest riots during the summer when they had to evacuate the president and take him mm-hmm. to a bunker and and how was that treated by the press they they made fun of him 
they made fun of him as if that was a, a funny thing that he had to be moved for safety. Um, we did not see the same reaction of, you know, how dare they threaten the, we didn't see it. We didn't see them called these names, um, domestic terrorists and Nazis and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pirate Thompson <clears throat> says lots of emotions in the house today. Take care of yourself and the people around you. Plenty of us are around to help and chat if you need it. Thank you for reaching out and saying that, Pirate Tomsky. I think Pirate Tomsky's in Discord. I don't remember if he's in Telegram, but I think he might be also in chat. Reach out to Pirate Tomsky. He has great taste in hats. Somebody asked us what's with the hats. It doesn't have any symbolic meaning. It's just that Carter (laughs) and I got these beautiful gifts from Pirate Tomsky and decided to wear them today. I do – oh, by the way, something fun and frivolous – Someone, this is this just goes to show you how um, there's like there's just loonies. There's all kinds of loonies out there. I saw a comment on one of our YouTube videos. It was on the one. It was on the interview we did with Gary from Nordrotic. Somebody said uh, I something like I, I I thought I would like this channel, but then I saw the rainbow logo. Oh, I saw that, <laughs> and, and uh, I blamed Beverly immediately. Um, even though she had nothing to do with the rainbow logo. That was all me. Um, Beverly Beverly loves rainbows. But no, here's the thing behind the rainbow logo. There's no meaning behind it. Carter just... It's not even a quick, rainbow, really. It's a bunch a of colors, but it's not a rainbow. It's, it's, it's not even a rainbow. It's a bunch of colors. But we don't have a graphic designer. He just made something he thought was eye-catching. But you know what? Um, it, ca- it caused me to think about how silly people are because I, I just responded to them in good faith and I said how can you hate rainbows? And then, and then he said something about how the rainbow is a symbol of evil. And I was like, really? Well, for me, the rainbow um, is, is a symbol of, yeah, God's promise to humanity about God's love to humanity. I mean, there's a whole Bible verse about what the rainbow is and how God sent the rainbow after the flood to tell Noah how much, you know, he loved humans and would never destroy human humanity with a flood again. And, um, there's a whole verse about it. It, it. It's so weird that like, well, this goes to your point about definitions, how people have some interpretation of something and then they assume you do and they get all like weird about like, yeah, I don't know. I just can't imagine. Can you imagine going through life, how crushing <laughs> your day is every day? If you're the kind of person who hates rainbows, what else do you I hate? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's not, I, again the thing that th- that was funny to me because it just it's not even a rainbow flag. I'm like I don't, I don't even I don't know. It's not even a rainbow. It's just I, it's like literally some color palette thing that's been squished. Um, but hey, it's people are you weird. know take back if you like any kind of colors, don't be offended by the rainbow. It's okay. Uh, colors can exist. Oh, we have a super chat from Stephen Landau that I'm going to read. Who's offended by the Stephen rainbow? Landau gives us 25 bucks. <clears throat> by the way, uh, I'm sorry to say that Stephen Landau is literally Hitler. You can see it in the credits for yourself. So, um, <laughs> uh, welcome, Stephen. Stephen says, Carrie's Wednesday rant was amazing and should be required listening. Happy New-, Happy New Year and keep up the good work. Totally agree. I think it's being made into a clip. Uh, as far as I understand, so oh, it will be clipped. I was feeling a little <laughs> moved. You were, you were on <laughs> fire on Wednesday. You were on fire, absolutely. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, somebody accurate. I think they said Carrie rediscovered the English language, and I was like, "What does that mean?" And then I realized it was because they were trying to say I lost my ability to speak coherently at the beginning of the rant, <laughs> <laughs> and then I gained it back. Okay, you had a lot of emotions um, going on, which I can relate. to. I did. Yeah. Um, so is there 
I don't want to. It's already been two hours, Carter. Yeah, I, I actually have a radio interview. Today. I'm, I'm uh, on like, do you know what? Uh, <laughs> I know I sound like an idiot because I don't know what this is. The backstory with Lee Stranahan. Yes, okay. I was on his show. Well, it's great. I have an interview with him He's, this afternoon, so I should probably go also soon. Cool. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Any last things, Carrie, you want to do or no? You good? Um, just a reminder, if you want to join book club, we typically alternate between fiction and nonfiction. This month we are reading nonfiction. We're reading Cynical Theories by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay, who are going to join us in some capacity um, the day that we do the discussion. So you have time to read the book. It's um, the discussions on January 24th. You can go to unsafespace.com, the book club page to find out info. But essentially, if you want to be on camera in the live video discussion, you have to send us an email at speak at unsafespace.com and yes. let us know. Otherwise, you can just be in the live chat like today. Um, uh, the other thing I would say is that we um, – we have uh, the places we plugged at the beginning. You know, we're not going to – there's a purge underway. We don't know how long we're going to be on the mainstream social media platforms. Um, so you can find us. If you want to go ahead and find us on the other places, we have a new – a brand new Locals, um, Unsafe Space at Locals. We have a Parlor account. We have a Gab account. We have MeWe. Um, and, and you can also, while we're still here – um, you can check out our clips channel for the short clips of which are sometimes people prefer sharing those. We have unsafe space clips. You can follow us there. And, um, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and keep your head up and don't forget to have laughs and joy and frivolity. And, you know, I'm very, I'm very touched by all of you. So thank you. Well, thank you, Carrie. Um, That's all. I always feel guilty ending the stream when there's like some stray super chats that pop up. So I'm just going to quickly read them. Timothy Wolf says, great stream. Thanks. Thank you, Timothy. Rock Lexicon says, I've seen ideological puritanism forming on the right, e.g. Pence, Cruz, Tim Scott, et al. stabbed Trump in the back. Any ideas for how our side can avoid the leftist-esque type of thinking? I would, you're not going to like this answer, but I don't think anything that Pence, Cruz, or Tim Scott does is ideological puritanism, uh, puritanism. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, don't be on a side. <laughs> the left-right dichotomy is the wrong conversation to be having. So uh, I, I don't know how you – if you're trying to save the Republican Party, I don't have any good ideas because I'm not sure that it can or should be saved. Uh, it's, it's part of the system. It just has a different role. So uh, – one last thing. We have some interviews coming out this week. Uh, we did an interview with Hotep yes. Jesus, which is one of my favorite conversations yet. Super interesting. If you don't follow Hotep Jesus on Twitter, you should check him out. But we, that interview is going to be coming out soon. And we also did one with the um, uh, screenwriter we mentioned earlier, uh, um, uh, Cameron Pashar. Yes. And someone mentioning um, we missed our super chat. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. When we switched to the new software, that we I'm having a hard time actually buffering up the super chats and and holding them so i do miss some i'll try and figure out how to fix that but uh they all show up on the screen automatically so it does get on the screen we're not intentionally ignoring any super chats but sometimes they 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 pop out of the buffer and i can't get them back and uh it's completely different than the old software we were using so uh i will try and find a way to fix that it just might not happen tomorrow so thanks everyone have a good have a good weekend and we will see you this is this is Carter. I'm He's Dorothy. Dorothy. Great. <laughs>
Sorry. Sorry. I had to do that. <laughs> Carrie trolls me with Golden Girls more often than you guys would, would know. <laughs> somebody, somebody, wait, 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 wait. Somebody on Facebook asked somebody, I guess who just started following me, asked, um, does Carter respond on Facebook the way that Carrie does? And then some other friend replied to them and said, no, Carter's not really right. on Facebook often. And, and I said, I said, but Carter loves it when you send him um, memes on Facebook <laughs> of the Golden Girls. That's the way to get an answer from him. So I'm just letting you guys know if you want an answer from Carter, he appreciates And Golden my Girls response memes. to Carrie when she told me that was, thanks for all, all the more reason to stay off of Facebook. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do once in a while wander right. over to Discord and chat with people. Not often, sometimes. But I'm not a big social media guy. So, uh, all right. Take care, everyone. Have a good weekend. We will see you on Monday. Bye, Carter. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Any association with these individuals will result in a reduction of your social credit score by E-Bye. Please note, the purging will continue until unity is achieved. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Welcome to 2021. Increasing difficulty and resetting simulation. Good luck. Computer voice, Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.